Hi everyone, and welcome back to Adventures on the Road podcast, proudly brought to you by Overedger Outdoors. Check out the Overedger pack to make your camping a breeze. If you would like to know more about it, have a listen to episode 26. This episode we hear all about the Outback Way, otherwise known as Australia's longest shortcut, from Laverton in Western Australia through Northern Territory to Winton in Queensland. We'll do this in two parts, starting in Laverton this episode. So if you want to know more about what to see and where to stay along the way, these two episodes are for you. I'd like to welcome to the Adventures on the Road podcast, Helen Lewis, who is going to give us a bit of an insight to taking Australia's longest shortcut on the Outback Way. Morning, Helen. Morning, Shane. Great to be with you. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Now, let's talk about this longest shortcut. Yeah, sure. So the Outback Way, Australia's longest shortcut, is between Laverton and Winton uh, and Queensland. So Laverton, Western Australia, Winton, Queensland. And it's 2,700 kilometres. And we, uh, it can go either way, obviously. It's a two-way road. <laughs> and so if you're coming from Queensland, you can start at Winton and uh, end in Laverton. Obviously, it connects central Queensland, western Queensland, right through the centre, past Uluru and Katajuda. And then you keep heading west to Laverton and in through the western desert. So it's a pretty spectacular part of our country and pretty unique and a rare trip for most people. It's uh, definitely a, a big trip, and uh, but the reward for it is uh, is exceptional. It's, it's quite easy. It is the quintessential uh, outback experience. All right. So we're going to start from... Laverton is fine. Yep, Laverton's All great. Right. No problem. Let's do that. Okay. All right. So let's start there. We've okay. got there magically, and we're now heading to the sure. east. Let's go. Fantastic. Righto. So from Laverton, Laverton has quite a lot of interesting uh, places to visit. So it has a, the Great Beyond Centre, which is currently undergoing a massive renovation, which will open in March 21, uh, which is going to be probably perfect for the 2021 season. So that'll be great. Hopefully we'll all be moving around by then. And so there's a Great Beyond Centre and it actually showcases all the explorers that have come through the gold fields and opened up the gold field. And the tenacity and the extremes that these people live through and work through cannot be underestimated. It is it is quite humbling to see and quite motivating and inspiring to see the extent in which they went to to make carve out a living for themselves almost literally. So I think it's uh, it is a really great testament to our early uh, early settlers and early uh, travellers and explorers. So very much well worth a look there. Laverton's also have has a beautiful water, a brand new water complex. So um, if you're getting warm and you need a bit of a dip, you're you're going to be in for a treat because it's looking pretty specky at the moment and it's uh, brand new. And they've also got some of the old historical displays in the old police station house. So there's lots of good history around Laverton, and that's quite interesting because it is one of the most, you know, it is probably the last main town before you head the hit the western deserts. So it really is quite interesting that people went all that way out so long ago to try and find gold and and do all those things. Um, And Dr. Laver was the medical fellow who came out to support the communities and so hence 
Dr. Laver and hence Laver Town, so Laverton. So that's how it got its name. So that's a, that's a snapshot for Laverton. And there is also some art galleries. So along the Outback Way, we kind of have some layers. So there's certainly an art trail, art and artisan trail. And we have quite a lot of artworks and, and, and crafts from Indigenous communities, but also in non-Indigenous, obviously. So we've got quite a lot of craft from all across the Outback Way. And we've, we've kind of mapped that onto an art and artisan trail. And we've also, so part of that is the Art Gallery at Laverton is a great collection of artworks from around the community. And and then you can keep heading on out of Laverton and you'll find artworks all the way along. So the from Laverton, you're heading out and you can stop off. Um, there's um, some Nama holes, which are sort of holes within rocks in the landscape and there's signage and things like that. And that's not too far out of Laverton. And our uh, guidebook and travel journal has all that information in it about where they are and where you can see them. But they are great pull-ups and you can have a look around and there's a view over the sort of a, a jump up almost, an escarpment, and then you're looking down into some valley areas. So it is pretty picturesque and, and worth having a look at. And there's also Cosmo Newbury, which is a community out there, and they have some basic services. If you keep heading on, you get your Jukula Roadhouse, and Jukula Roadhouse is pretty famous for its Jukula Juki Burger, they call it. And uh, so it's uh, it's worth stopping and uh, having a bite. Now I'm yes, I'm into my food. Yeah, can you tell me a little bit about this burger? Sure, sure. Now they actually they use pretty good steak, and uh, it's just got the lot. So basically, you could create create it what you like, but it is um, it has has the lot, as you can imagine, um, bacon, egg, steak. Uh, you know, it, it sits quite high on the plate, and it's it's well worth uh, the trip out there. So they've also got a interesting place across the road, which is just rock formations, but they call it the the zoo because the rocks actually look like animals. And so they go out and they, they sort of ask people to find out what animals they can see in the zoo. And it's a bit like looking at clouds, so you can see formation in clouds of, of animals and things. And so these rocks are over the road and they call that the zoo. And then interestingly, they've actually just started some tours and or um, directions for, for travellers to see some really ancient Indigenous drawings in the caves behind the roadhouse. So there's a there's a road going behind the roadhouse and they're opening up the caves for people to have a look at these Indigenous artworks in the caves, which is, you know, again, another great sort of break to the trip and also, you know, a terrific, terrific opportunity because that's that's sometimes quite rare to find and so easily accessed. And, and open so that's that's a wonderful new addition to what's available at Jukula and in addition to that they've actually opened up a store with all an art gallery and craft gallery from all the works and, and craft from Blackstone community so that's also a, a really great add-on to the roadhouse and, and a good reason to stop and I must say Jukula Roadhouse the, the caravan park there and the camp kitchen, the communal camp kitchen and the bathrooms, it's so clean and tidy. It's really, really great place to pull up and, and stay a couple of days if you wanted just to, to relax in, in almost the middle of nowhere. But it's just really clean and, and, and really great facilities. So terrific place to pull up, Mr. Chukula Roadhouse. So then from Chukula, you're heading through to Warburton. And Warburton is a pretty, I mean, the landscape between... 
Jukula and Warburton is pretty, I mean, it's just expansive, obviously, but it's very, it's very beautiful and, and different. And, and we, we cover quite a lot of bioregions along the Outback Way. So for those people into their flora and fauna, you will see a great transect of landscapes and uh, bioregions as you're traveling the Outback Way. And so the Warburton Roadhouse has is a full service roadhouse as well as like like Jukula. You can get um I will make a note um on at Jukula and all these roadhouses there's opal fuel which is which is actually unleaded. So it's a it's a different type of fuel but it's been it's been developed by BP and it actually just is simply um better for communities to have the opal fuel than the unleaded um for well being and uh and so that's what's on offer. And there's always diesel right across the road route so there's no problem with fuel. And the biggest distance of fuel is only like three hundred kilometers. So it's not like there's a lot of distance at all. And I also would like to make the point that these communities, these Western are dry communities. So once you leave Laverton, you really can't have a drink until you get to uh, Uluru. So um, it is a dry, they are dry communities. You know, just to keep those in mind, and it's advisable not to take any with you. Um, make sure that you respect that requirement of these communities. So Warburton has a full-service roadhouse and also really um, has got some really great, I guess they're dongers, but they've got cabins um, and they're self-contained, so they've got um, a bedroom and a small little kitchen bench, but then but then it's actually got an ensuite as well. Or you can stay in backpackers' accommodation. You can pull up behind and with your car- caravan and as well and you and you can also camp so uh if you're traveling by car and i've got a tent well you can just pull it out and camp in it is recommended the idea is that you book into the roadhouse and you stay in behind the compound if people are traveling with dogs i just recommend that they keep their dogs either in their van or in their car with the window open or nearby chained up because there are obviously camp dogs that can sometimes come in and you know cause a little bit of havoc the other aspect of Warburton is that they have this amazing art gallery. So Warburton has um, the community, Nanajara, the Nanajara Kushire Council, has the largest, the largest collection of, of community artwork. So they actually buy, the community actually buys the artwork from the artists and they store the artwork. And so then they have this great exhibition centre, which invariably has terrific exhibitions on, and so it's very much worth your while going and having a look at the exhibitions and uh, the exhibition. And also they have a small shop there with artwork and crafts as well from the area. Uh, and so terrific place to stop and have a look at. And the art gallery is, is amazing because it's actually a uh, rammed earth. So it's, a, it's also architecturally it's of great interest as well. And um, it's, it's quite a unique building for where it's located. Hi, I'm Katie from Overedger Outdoors. If you struggle to find your camp kitchen supplies when camping, we have a better way. The Overedger pack from Overedger Outdoors. Never rummage for those tongs or the salt and pepper again. The Overedger pack folds into an easy-to-pack and store box and unfolds into a brilliant camp kitchen organiser in less than a minute. No more plastic boxes, everything you need, easy to find, every time. Find us at Overedger Outdoors on Facebook or Instagram to see some videos of the pack in action or go to overedger.com.au to get yours today. Moving on from Warburton, we get to uh, Warakurna. Uh, and again, the 
the landscape continues to change as, and you head towards Rokona, there's a few more rises and a few more, it's not as flat and it starts to rise and there's a few more ranges around the place as you get you get into that Rawlinson Ranges and the West Musgraves and, and those things so that the, the landscape starts to change. And Warakurna is also quite interesting because it's the home of the Giles Weather Station, which is the most remote weather station in Australia. And once a day, I think around 8 o'clock in the morning, in behind Warakurna, you can watch the mechanical weather balloon go up from out of its little holding. So the, the roof opens and this white balloon pops out with this little reflective silver gadget on the end, which which actually goes up into the atmosphere and collects the weather data and sends it back to the computer. So it's all pretty, you know, it's pretty high tech. When I was going out there a long time ago, we used to be able to, there was actually a guy that would release, a person who'd actually released the balloon, which was a bit novel, and you'd actually be able to have a chat to someone, but now it's all automatic. But it's still actually quite an interesting thing to watch because you go, wow, this is pretty amazing. It's providing a whole heap of weather data for that whole region, and it's a pretty important service. And also at Warakurna, in behind, on your way to the Giles Weather Station, is actually um, Len Bedell's old grader. It's all in a cage, and but you can see and Len Bedell was obviously the hero of the roads out that way and carved and, and surveyed just so much of that country. And hence we have Anne Bedell and we have a few other, the, the Connie Sioux and a few other off-road tracks that um, cross over the Outback Way or, or are very nearby the Outback Way which Lemberdell was actively obviously involved with um, marking out and, um, and grading and, and making, a, making a road. So the actual opening up of the Great Central Road um, is definitely attributed to um, Lemberdell and his team. And Warakurna also is, has got some beautiful um, units. So you can actually book a, um, a unit, and again, it's a, you know, a bedroom and a bathroom, but they are very, very nicely appointed, and they've got about four or five of those units you can book. And also they have the campground as well, campground and caravan park as well with facilities. So, and Warakurna's art gallery is great. The Warakurna artists are pretty well known. And and, uh, the Warburton and Warakurna communities actually took an exhibition over to China about eight to ten years ago now. And they had an extraordinary showing um, over there. And so these these artists are very very good artists and and you are buying your artwork from the source of, of artists, which... It's great, and the money goes directly back to the artists, and you often meet the artists in the centre. So it's pretty. It's a pretty nice way of collecting Indigenous art, if if that's what interests you. Warakurna's Roadhouse is really comfortable and good meals. I do recommend with all these roadhouses though that you book ahead. They do need to know who's coming in for dinner. They do need to know if you're going to turn up and want a bed, because obviously with limited accommodation. If you plan ahead, you're guaranteed a bed, but if you don't, it might be in the car. (laughs) Or roll out that swag. Or roll out the swag and and, and sleep under millions of stars instead of five stars. But it's it's very much a book ahead and let them know you're coming so that you don't um, get disappointed. The other thing is, though, Warakurna is, operates on Northern Territory time. So when you leave Uluru or you're coming from Western Australia, so Western Australia is an hour and a half uh, behind Northern Territory. And so you need to change your clock at Warakurna to then keep moving towards the Territory because that's what Warakurna operates on. Then half an hour from Northern Territory to Queensland. So we go through three time zones, which is, you know, extraordinary. But anyway, that's, this is the size of our nation. 
So, yeah, so just be mindful of that as well. So when you're ringing them, make sure you're ringing them at the right time rather than, you know, otherwise you'll call them out of office hours. So Warrakuna is uh, pretty nice and it's also got some area across the road from it, like a park, and, and you can go over there as well as caravanning over there, I think, So and you can park over there. Yeah, so from Warrakuna, you're going to be heading on to your next destination is really going to be Docker River, and, and that's over the Northern Territory border, just over the border. But that, ra- that road between Warrakuna and Docker River is extraordinary. So on, on the um, north side, you'll have the Sherwin Mural Crescent Range to the, and then the Rawlinson Range as well as the Peterman Ranges. So you've got these ranges around you and you're running, the road runs through the valley of those ranges and you get to see this amazing landscape and it looks like something out of the Midwest of the USA and you're going, where are the cowboys and Indians? It is an extraordinary <laughs> landscape um, and you can just imagine them riding the ridges and, you know, it just it's just and all the uh, all those great songs come to mind and, you know, like it's full on. It's like it really does look like a movie set from, from the Midwest. So what you're saying is as you're driving along, you look to your left and you're looking at mountain ranges and then you scan your eyes across the road, you're looking at flat, country ahead of you then you scan a little bit more to the right and you've got mountains ranges, ranges on your again. right as well yeah absolutely wow that that sounds awesome yeah no it's great but yeah so it's actually a really amazing landscape and it just blows me away every time i travel it yeah i'm, I'm waiting for a movie to be made out there because really it, it just lends itself so well to to that kind of um, film so yeah it's, it's a lovely area and um, really really different and also you will see some spectacular views of the because of the ranges and the dips and things you go down a dip and there's this absolutely looks like a Albert Namajira painting um, the landscape and with the ghost gums and the colors and the dust and that pink and it's just magnificent and then also there is a ghost gum which has got the Len Bedell plaque on it so you can stop off and take some photos of the, of the plaque and he etched a, he created a silver plaque and, and etched some words into a plaque for his effort on the road. So lovely trip actually, um, that particular section of the Outback Way. When you reach Docker River, it's actually also quite lovely. The, the campground's having a bit of a zhuzh up and it's, uh, it's being quite refreshed. They've got some new ablution blocks, which are always good when you're camping and caravanning. Always look out for some good loos. Uh, and so um, they're probably top, top on your list for, for uh, whether or not you're going to stop or not. Uh, and so what's lovely about the Docker River campground is that it's actually set under some she-oaks and desert oaks. Wow. You can actually camp under them and you've got that beautiful, majestic swishing of the air going through the she-oaks. And that's why they're called she-oaks because it's like they go shh. You know, and it's just a really lovely spot, really relaxing. And you can really, you know, if you stop there for even a night, I think you'd feel like you'd been away for a week because it's just that lovely calm and, and, the, and the sound is it's very calming. So it's a, it's a great spot. And they have actually just done it up with a whole heap of new, new ablution blocks. And they are actually sort of solar powered and the hot water comes in and, and you can buy, you can, you, you can light the fire to warm the water. And anyway, there's a whole, there's a bit of very sustainable model of, of what, um, of how they operate. So uh, I think you go to the uh, Docket River store to get, um, to get access to the, the blocks. Um, and so then you can pay for your camping there. But yeah, it's not very expensive. It's it's pretty reasonable. But yeah, so it's a really good, lovely spot to uh, hang out. 
Um, and then, um, and also the Docker River also has some great artwork. Um, they have a they have a gallery, so that's also an option to have a look in in the community. The Roadworks has actually started out there, so it's now sealed from the border right through to Docker River, and then onwards from Docker River, all the floodways have actually been sealed. So you've actually got solid floodways, which is very useful when there is a bit of a flash rainfall or. Um, it means then at least it's still traversable and you know that those uh, floodways are going to be solid under you. Okay, so we're, we're at Docker River at the moment. So we, we've covered a fair bit of yeah. territory, mm. if you'll pardon the pun, because we're now in the Northern yes, Territory. Yes, sure. But they're predominantly gravel roads. There's obviously a little bit of bitumen sort of either side of each little township. But I believe the quality of the gravel roads is pretty good. Can you just add a little bit of information for us yes, on sure. that? Yeah, so certainly from Western Australia end, um, from Laverton to to the, the Northern Territory border, uh, WA are very fortunate because they've got a great road base just lying just as part of their road. So they've you know there's obviously some work they have to do, but when they actually get a gravel road up to a Type Three gravel road, it actually holds really well. And so the WA gravel roads are, are pretty pretty good. Once you hit into the Northern Territory, though, that we're moving into June Territory, and so what happens is, unfortunately, the the structure of the of the base isn't as, as solid, and so you can get more bulldust and corrugation in the Northern Territory. I mean, obviously in WA there's, there can be corrugation as well, but the the actual form of the road there's less certainly less bulldust in WA. And the form of the road, and also the WA, both shires, Nanajara, Coo, and Laverton, both have a full-time grading um, operation. So there's always a grader on on the road, and and look, they do other road shire roads around them as well. But sure, yeah, you know that the road is being is being graded probably every at least every five months. You know, five to six months, the grader will have gone through the roads over the road. So there is a grading program, and the condition of the WA road is usually pretty good. And, I mean, a shower of rain just beds it down again and it's like concrete. You know, it's a really solid base. So when we move into the Northern Territory, we're moving through the dunes sort of country and the more sandy country. So that's that's when we suddenly we start to find that there's some issues of, you know, of the corrugation and, and potential bull dust as well. So uh, you've just got to be mindful and drive to road conditions and, and people travelling this have um, had lots of experience, so you'd hope that they, uh, you know, they'll know what to do and and be aware of what their vehicle can and can't manage. So um, it's certainly not a hard four wheel drive road. It's actually more about the clearance that we recommend. So we do recommend some off road van instead of a conventional van. And there has been, you know, quite significant reports on the Docker River Road between Docker River and Cutajuda you know, caravans shaking to bits, you know, with really bad corrugation. So you've got to have the, the gear that can handle that. It's um it's also making sure you're driving at the right speed as well. Make, you know, slow down and uh, ensure you're uh, driving to the road condition. So the, the landscape, certainly there's a whole heap of, there's lots of um, beautiful desert oaks along the Docker River right through to Cutajuda. Creek crossings, there's creek crossings and, and um, it's really pretty. So it sort of meanders in some areas as well. So, yeah, it's just worth having, you know, just you know, slowing down and enjoying them, having a picnic on them. Or The other thing I will mention is that all these roads from Western Australia, from Laverton through to Cutajuda, you need a permit. So you need a permit from the Nanajara Lands Council for Western Australia. 
so when you're travelling from Laverton to the border, you need a permit. And then from the Northern Territory border through to Katajuda, you need a permit from the Central Land Council. So they're free. They happen within 24, 48 hours. You can just have them on your computer. So if you email, you'll get an electronic version of it. They only last three days, though. So I just recommend people just apply for them when you're, when you're just about to head off. And then you'll have it on the road when, you, when you're on the roads. The, va- the value of the permit, I guess we're seeing it as a way of uh, helping with uh, road numbers um, and count- counting road numbers and things like that for ongoing development. It is deemed you know, uh, Indigenous land and, and so the permit system uh, exists for that reason. You, you go past a Lassiter's Cave. Between, uh, between Docker River and Katajuda, there's Lassiter's Cave, which is all about the Lassiter's Reef, which was the, this gold that was apparently out there. And this is where Lassiter ended up past dying um, and, uh, in his hunt for, for this. Um, interestingly, in Western Australia, there is a goldfields uh, network and it's a tour, so it's a trail. That you can join, that you can do by car, and it takes you around all the goldfield towns, and and it's this goldfields tour, a tra- or trail. Interestingly, it was called it's called the Golden Quest Trail, and the, the Golden Quest was the name of the plane that was sent out to look at for Lassiter's Reef, and it unfortunately had mechanical issues, and so a new plane had to come across. But that Golden Quest plane is now being, you know, went to New Zealand, crashed at New Zealand and has been brought back to Australia and has been remodelled and reworked and now is a functioning plane again. So, but the Golden Quest was the plane and now we have a Golden Quest trail in Western Australia in, you know, which actually, uh, you know, I guess is, is namesake for the idea of exploration of this Golden Reef, apparently, that uh, that never was found. Uh, and so Lassiter, Lassiter's, Cave, you can pull up and have a picnic, and you can go in and actually look at the at the cave. So that's worth doing. It's pretty interesting, and it's on a on a riverway. It's on a, on a water course, which obviously sometimes doesn't have water in it, but it's um, still a sandy bed and um, pretty you know, beautiful ghost gums and and things. So it's nice to have a look at. So when you're moving through from Docker River and you're coming into Yulara um, and Katajuda, you'll it, the landscape opens up, and you've got these great start you get a sneak peek it's a bit like when you go to the beach and you you kind of who's going to be the first to see the water well it's kind of like that you can go well who's going to be the first to see the kind of judah because i mean the the uh it is pretty spectacular and uh those round blobs of rock are um pretty uh pretty beautiful uh and i would actually really recommend people if they if they head to Katajuda, I'd really recommend you do the Valley of the Winds walk. It's a long walk, but really worth doing because the eye is very deceptive about the uh, about Katajuda and how um, and when how it's depicted as all those rocks are really tight and close together. Well, the Valley of the Winds walk really lets you um, understand magnitude of of that landform, I guess, and that's really worth doing. Well, that's it for this episode. Hear the rest of my chat with Helen, which will get us through to Winton and Queensland in a special episode to be released later in the month. Thanks again to Overedger Outdoors for their support. Find them at overedger.com.au. And if you are interested, get a discount code in episode 26. Please stay safe and happy. Until next month, I'm Shane. Have a safe journey, everyone. Mm-hmm.